the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Any man or woman who claims to be teaching from God's Word, this is how you evaluate them. Number one, you judge him by the fruit of his life, meaning his character, his conduct. Does he live and desire to live by what the Word of God teaches? Does he, in other words, practice what he preaches? There ought to be morality, blamelessness, holy conduct in this individual's life. If there's, if there's not, and you don't want to follow them, you don't want to listen to them. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside where he has been serving since 1981 and he is our teacher for these daily Bible lessons produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. For centuries, people believed that Aristotle was right when he said that the heavier an object, the faster it would fall to earth. Aristotle was regarded as the greatest thinker of all time and surely he would not be wrong. No one thought to test the veracity of Aristotle's claim until nearly 2,000 years after his death. In 1589, Galileo summoned a group of professors to the base of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Then he went on to the top and pushed off a 10-pound and a 1-pound weight. Both landed at exactly the same time. The power of belief was so strong, however, that the professors denied their eyesight they continued to say Aristotle was right. Assumptions are dangerous. The Challenger space shuttle blew up because someone ignored the warnings and assumed that the O-rings would withstand the cold temperatures that fateful January morning in 1986. In the same way, we often assume that the person teaching us spiritual concepts is telling us the truth just because they graduated from a seminary or they speak with authority and confidence. That's a dangerous assumption. So how do we identify those who would mislead us? Here is Pastor Steve with some answers from Matthew chapter 7. So the perversity of, of a false prophet is in the local church. They can be elders, pastors, and local Bible-believing churches who pretend to be caring for Christ's sheep, but their ministry is to draw people away from Christ by twisting the Scriptures. And they're very successful, I might add. Their false teachers are often very popular. They attract large crowds. In fact, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 2 said, it says, and many will follow them. Many will follow them. So, once again, another question for us to consider. What does a false teacher actually teach that makes them so attractive to their followers? What, what is it that they say that makes them so popular? Now listen very, very closely. The perversity of a false prophet's teaching consists, note this, not so much in what he says, but more in what he doesn't say. 
what he leaves out, the vital truths that he neglects to say. In other words, his doctrine is often very vague. He doesn't speak about the specifics of such biblical subjects as holiness, righteousness, judgment, Submitting to Christ's lordship is never heard of. Repentance, you're not going to hear of that. Or if you hear of it, it'll be very diluted. The narrowness of the gate of salvation as well as the narrowness of the Christian life. They are never mentioned. Conveniently left out. Nor will you ever hear him speak about those truths that Jesus highlighted in the Sermon on the Mount. He'll never mention religious hypocrisy. He'd have to condemn himself. Spiritual poverty, you'll never hear that. Mourning over one's sin. In fact, they don't even speak about sin. You might hear about self-esteem. You might hear about positive thinking, but not about sin. And certainly not mourning over one's sin. Humility, forget that. Inner godly motives, doing the right things for the right reasons. You're not going to hear that. And and on and on, everything else Jesus spoke about concerning the Sermon on the Mount. You're not going to hear that. One Bible teacher described the teaching ministry of of a false prophet and teacher this way. He said, and I quote, most frequently they show their true colors by what they do not affirm. In other words, they are identified not so much by what they say as by what they don't say. They usually do not openly deny Christ's divinity, his substitutionary atonement, the depravity and lostness of man, the reality and penalty of sin, the destiny of hell for unbelievers, the need for repentance, humility, and submission to God, and other negative and uncomfortable truths. They simply ignore them. Listen, in the, in the message of a false teacher, there's never any mention of the gate being narrow. Never. They'll never say that. They'll never tell you about the narrow gate that leads to heaven. Because this man's goal, and it may be this woman's goal, is to make you feel so good about yourself that you won't see yourself as a sinner in need of repentance. They want you to feel good about yourself. Their message is, you're okay. You're okay just the way you are. God loves you and he's very tolerant. And you don't need to think about anything as frightening as judgment. You don't need to change. See, a false teacher wants you to remain, as we said, on the broad road that leads to destruction because his message comes from Satan. And Satan wants you to end up in hell with him. Folks, that that is the truth of of Satan's intentions. And so his teaching will stress those things. A false teacher will stress those things that are very positive. Very reassuring. He'll never say anything that's negative. Never say anything that'll disturb you. He'll never leave a church uh, feeling bad about your sin. Because you're you're never going to hear about your sin from him. He'll say things that'll help your self-esteem. He'll offer you self-improvement. See, folks, a false teacher will never say anything that is offensive to the natural man. He'll not offend anybody. That's why he's popular. He won't offend anybody. Everybody just love his message because his message will never confront you about sin in your life. It'll always seek to soothe you, always seek to comfort you, always seek to give you security, but it is a false sense of security and it is a false sense of comfort. And, and that was exactly the method and the approach of the false prophets in Israel during Old Testament times, in the face of coming judgment, when they should have been warning the people of judgment coming and repent of your sin, Jeremiah tells us that the false prophets of his day told the people messages that brought them nothing but a false sense of safety and security. He says, I have, they have healed the brokenness of my people superficially. That's the key word, saying peace, peace, but there is no peace. Their message was peace. 
Enjoy, relax. There, there, there's no coming judgment. Nobody's going to take you captive. Nobody's going to destroy our cities. And Jeremiah says, they've healed the brokenness of my people superficially. They only made them feel good, but they did a great disservice to them because what they said was wrong. There was no peace. Isaiah speaks of the false prophets of his day who, who he said, speak pleasant words. That's all they do. They only speak pleasant words. That's what all false prophets do. They, they give you words that you want to hear that, and no one will ever be disturbed because there's never any confrontation about sin, obedience, submission to God's authority. And so this is the reason that Jesus warns us about these false prophets because they're dangerous. They're dangerous in their attempt to, to steer unbelievers away from entering Christ's kingdom and they steer believers off the narrowness of biblical Christianity and they're, they're dangerous because of their message and they are dangerous because they are so deceitful. They're not easy to recognize. They're not easy to detect. They're not easy to distinguish from genuine shepherds. Listen, these men have their books right on the shelves next to the books of good men. These men are on not only radio and television, they're on, they're on media Network talk shows, whenever there's a crisis, they are there. They're the experts. They're men who are esteemed, even highly esteemed in evangelical churches. Some of them are false teachers, hard to recognize. They never say anything that's outrageous. They never say anything that's heretical. They just sort of fit in. And people think that they're wonderful. As Ken Hughes said of them, if false teachers came into most evangelical churches as blatant heretics, they'd be banged over the head with Bibles and sent packing. But when they come with all the right language, credentials, and culture, they deceive the very naive elect. So if false prophets are hard to recognize and spot because they they look and they sound like genuine shepherds, then how can we tell? How can we tell who they are? Because if we don't know who they are, how can we avoid them? Jesus said, beware of them. But how can we beware of them? How can we steer clear of them? How can we not listen to them? How can we make sure that we don't buy their books and we don't send them money supporting their ministry unless we know what they, who they are? Well, they may be hard to recognize, but they are not impossible to recognize. You can if you're discerning. You can recognize them. And that's why Jesus goes on to tell us How to identify a false prophet. So the first important truth that we learn about these individuals is that false prophets are dangerous. But the second important truth that Christ tells us is that false prophets can be detected and he'll tell us how to detect them. Now we'll just look at this a little bit. I'll give you a little taste of it today and then we'll we'll probe deeper, Lord willing, next week. He said in verses 16 through 18, you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Now, try saying that three times fast. Figs from thistles. Not easy. So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Now, in these verses, the Lord tells us how to spot a false prophet. He moves away from the metaphor of sheep and wolves to the metaphor of trees and fruit. And there's a very good Significant reason for that. You see, while a wolf can disguise himself as a shepherd, a tree really can't hide its identity. Eventually, its fruit will reveal its identity. That's not always the case with with a wolf. But with a tree, you can't 
You can't hide it forever. That's why Jesus said it is impossible for a good tree to produce bad fruit. And likewise, it is impossible for a bad tree to produce good fruit. Now, what is he talking about? D.A. Carson, in his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, has a very interesting note about trees and, and their fruit. And what he has to say, I think, really opens up our understanding as to the meaning of our Lord's words in verse 16 about grapes not being gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles. Here's what he writes. In Jesus' day, everyone knew that the buckthorn tree had little black berries which could be mistaken for grapes and that there was a thistle whose flower from a distance might be mistaken for a fig. But no one would confuse the buckthorn and the grape once he started to use the fruit to make some wine. And no one would be taken in by thistle flowers when it came to eating figs for supper. Now, based on this tree analogy, we understand that what Jesus is teaching is this, that at first glance, a false prophet may indeed, and he does, give the appearance of being a real man of God. But as we inspect his fruit more closely, those things that have come out of his life, evaluating the fruit in light of Scripture, we'll discover some rotten, putrid fruit coming from this ungenerate, rotten, wicked nature that lies in a false prophet. That's precisely what Jesus is talking about. In other words, just as the true nature and essence of a tree is always revealed by its fruit, always, tree is not deceitful like that. Jesus said that we can determine the true nature of a teacher by what comes out of his life. Remember when we started this chapter, chapter 7, verse 1, when Jesus said, do not judge so that you will not be judged. I spent a lot of time explaining what the Lord was talking about. It's, it's that hypocritical judging of others, that judging that, that looks down upon others and has a, a very... Um, holier-than-thou attitude, but Jesus was not saying that we must never judge. And here's an illustration of this. You must judge false teachers. You must judge in the sense of evaluating them. You must be fruit inspectors. You must make decisions about them. Otherwise, the rest of what Christ had to say makes no sense at all. And so we are to know them, Jesus said. You'll know them by, by their fruit. In fact, the specific word that is translated No, you'll know them by their fruits, means to recognize or to have full or exact knowledge. So what Jesus is saying is that the way to recognize whether someone speaks for God, whether he's a good teacher, a valid spokesman, called of God, or whether he's a false prophet, is the fruit that he or she produces. Now, now specifically, what kind of fruit are we talking about? And we're going to get more into this next, next week, but... There are three specific ways, and you might want to jot this down, three specific ways to judge and evaluate a teacher who claims to speak for God. This is true of any, of any speaker. This is true of, of myself. This is true of our elders, your Sunday school teachers. It's true of, of any public speaker. What are you to evaluate? Any, any man or woman who claims to be teaching from God's word, this is how you evaluate them. Number one, you judge him by the fruit of his life, meaning his character. His conduct. Does he live and desire to live by what the word of God teaches? Does he, in other words, practice what he preaches? There ought to be morality, blamelessness, holy conduct in this individual's life. If there's, if there's not, 
and you don't want to follow them. You don't want to listen to them. Secondly, not only do we judge him by the fruit of his life, his character, but we also inspect the fruit of his teaching. What is his doctrine? What is his theology? What is his actual message? And remember, I said, what does he leave out? You know, there are some some people who are very, very naive. Anybody who has a little bit of charisma, a little bit of dynamic personality, they think must be wonderful. And he mentions a Bible verse. Oh, he's great. He's just great. Listen, do you think Satan is going to have his spokesman be a dud? Of course, he's going to be sharp. Of course, he's going to be brilliant. Of course, he's going to be dynamic. Of course, he's going to hold people's attention. But don't get caught up in the style. You want the substance. What is he saying? And more importantly, what is he leaving out? That's where we have to be discerning. Third area of a false teacher's life or any speaker that we are to look at, and sometimes we often don't think of this, we are to look at the results of his teaching, meaning what are his followers like? A student, a pupil, Jesus said, will always be like his teacher. Always. And that means that your sense of humor over the years should be improving as you listen to me. But um, whether you like that or not, that's one of my goals to help you. But whoever you listen to long enough, you will become like them. So if you're listening to a false teacher who doesn't teach the truth, nor does he obey the truth in his own life, his followers are going to reveal what he's like. What kind of influence does his teaching have on those who are attracted to him? So you put all three tests into operation, the test of his character, the test of his teaching, and the test of his influence. Those three areas will reveal his his fruit. And next week, we're going to look more deeply and go deeply into each of these areas. But today, our our focus needs to be on, on the thought of the great danger that false teachers pose in each of our lives there are some very naive people, I said, who, who will listen to anyone who holds their attention. Don't be like that. Don't be like that at all. Be very careful. Listen. Do they ever speak about repentance? Do they ever speak about true faith? Do they ever speak about holiness? Do they ever speak about the narrowness of God's ways? Do they ever lift the high and holy standards of sanctification up? Do they ever exalt Christ? Or do they just speak about money, their own ministry? Do whatever you want. Live whatever way you want. It's a broad road. You have to be discerning. Jesus has told us, beware. Beware. Beware of those individuals whose goal is to keep you from entering into salvation. Salvation is very narrow, Jesus said. It's narrow because, as we said recently, Our problem, the only thing that keeps us out of heaven, is our sin. God is offended by our sin. God is holy, and he is offended by our sin. And our sin keeps us from having fellowship with God. Therefore, the only way to have fellowship with him is there must be payment for sin. God's justice must be met. His holiness and justice must be satisfied before he will allow us to enter into a perfect relationship of fellowship with him. And we can't do that. We can't pay for our sins. Going to church, being baptized, trying to be a good person, none of that will erase your record of of sinful crimes against God's holiness. There's only one way 
that those sins could be taken care of. There must be a perfect sacrifice. There must be one who had no sin on his record, who perfectly obeyed all the laws of God in his heart and and actions and, and behavior and attitudes. And that one needs to be eternal. And that one is Jesus Christ, the eternal God man who became a man so he could die and always maintained his deity so his death would be an eternal payment for our sin. And that's what, that's what the cross is about. The way to heaven is only through Jesus Christ because he's the only one that is capable and qualified to deal with our sin. That's why there's only one way. That's why it's narrow. That's why all roads don't lead to God because you have to have your sin dealt with first. So I, I urge you, I urge you, Don't let anything discourage you from entering his kingdom through the narrow gate. And that narrow gate you enter by repenting of your sin, turning away from what you know to be wrong, and turning to Christ, calling upon him to save you, trusting that when he died, he was dying for your sin. If you do that, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, meaning to save them, will be saved. That's just another way of saying you enter into his kingdom. Let's bow for prayer. I urge you before it's too late to enter his kingdom. I urge you to do that today. And I urge you to be very careful about who you're listening, who you read, who you uh, pay attention to, what kind of teaching you're attracted to. And I urge those of us who are true believers to to be more discerning, to be more discerning. Read the right books. Listen to the right individuals. Be very careful what someone doesn't say just as much as what they do say. Father, thank you for giving us such a pointed lesson today. I thank you, Lord, for your bluntness, your boldness, you, the, the fact that you love us enough to tell us the truth. Lord, you are the good shepherd You are the one who cares enough about us to tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. I thank you that as the good shepherd, you lay down your life for your sheep. And I pray, Father, for those who who have not yet become your, your own. I pray that you'll draw them to yourself. I pray that you'll you'll call them by the word of God. You'll bring them through that narrow gate. And Lord, I pray for those of us who already know you. I pray that you'll help us to follow you in a narrow way, not deviating, as Scripture says, to the left or to the right, but following you as we follow the dictates of the Word of God. Lord, I pray you'll take these these words, your words, and I pray you'll apply them to each of our lives based on who we listen to, who we read, who we hear, all of that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There is a children's song that has the phrase, Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. That is just as true for adults as it is for children. Thank you for listening today to Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For over 27 years, Pastor Steve has been ministering at Lakeside, and now he also ministers... And now he also ministers to us through this radio station and the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. Pastor Steve has some thoughts to share with us concerning why we might want to help support this ministry. 
I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff with a special message about why people like you choose to support Verse by Verse with their prayers and financial gifts. Two things come to my mind. One was a lady who wrote a letter to us and said, you make the Word of God sound easy. I mean, that was, she was saying, you, you make it understandable. And I actually hung that letter up in my office. You make the Word of God easy to understand. And that's really what we want to do. If you've been blessed through Verse by Verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, Pastor Steve. A little over 20 years ago, USA Today took a poll and discovered that 67% of Americans believe in hell, 25% think they will end up there, and 25% believe their friends are bound for hell. There are some pretty sobering statements in the Bible. Many of them concern the fate of unbelievers. On the next Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will come to what may very well be the most alarming statement in the entire Word of God. I hope you can be with us for a very important lesson. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by We are here to give you strength between Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.